The South Congress podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the hosts and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. Did I ever tell you what the definition of insanity is? Insanity is doing the exact same fucking thing over and over again expecting shit to change that is crazy this is what's the fun in that the podcast where we discuss our passion for games and we try to discuss the fun and innovation in them i'm your host quincy gamer tagging it as captain vice on steam twitch xbox live and discord you can catch me on twitter at qtz what's the fun in that is brought to you by the south congress podcast network with awesome shows such as the south congress main show i just want to tell stories the demon dust podcast and the goose down where cameron reviews books from the classic rl stein goosebumps series you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fuck you! Okay? Fuck you! It's okay, man. <laughs> I'm gonna chill here, man. I'm gonna chill. The thing is, alright, the thing is I killed you once already. And it's not like I am fucking crazy. It's okay. It's like water under the bridge. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? What's the fun in that is doing a giveaway. You have until November 15th to DM me on Twitter with the hashtag fun, hashtag F-U-N. Please send me the DM again at QTZ for Sheezy. This month we're giving away Moonlighter on Steam. Moonlighter is an action RPG that demonstrates two sides of the coin. Revealing everyday routines of Will, an adventurous shopkeeper that secretly dreams of becoming a hero. And so today I am joined by a good friend of mine, Blurred. Say what's up, homie. Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, Blurred Box here. Uh, Blurred Box with a three instead of an E. Um, also known as James. Uh, Matt Cap here through some uh, uh, Twitch stream. And just happy to be here. You can find me on Twitch. Handle blur box, IG, same thing, Twitter, same thing. Hey, that's what's up. That's what's up. How you been living, man? I'm okay, man. Doing great, man. Been playing some games, you know, just uh enjoying the family, enjoying life. Hey, that's what's up, man. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. And speaking of uh gaming, we were about to enter the first round. Round one. And so the first round, we're going to discuss what we are, what we have been playing. And so, Blair, what have you been playing? What have you, what have you been occupying your time with? Um, I like to tell everybody, you know, that I'm a variety streamer. But as of late, that has not happened. And I have to attribute that to Monster Hunter Iceborne. Monster Hunter Iceborne. A fair wind, just like the fifth banner. Luck's on our side. Yeah, I can't wait to get started. Monster Hunter, yo. in love with the game. Yes, man, Monster Hunter. Tell us, tell us, uh, what? Why has Monster Hunter been your addiction lately? Oh my gosh, when you talk about a game that 
walks a very fine line of loot pursuit and difficulty. Um, <laughs> it's it's perfect. Uh, the, the the expansion has 25 new monsters in it alone. Um, and the game itself consists of 14 different weapon classes and each weapon got uh, upgrades to combos and combat skills in this new expansion. It's just, oh my God, well done. The company even, you know, the publisher even supports free updates for the game throughout the lifespan. So this is the first paid dlc that you had to pay for in the last two or three years for the game it's it's glorious well done just well done hey yeah um like one of the things i like about monster hunter is like um the combat can initially feel um clunky and a little bit jarring but it's one of those type of combat systems where as you get used to what the game is asking you to do how it wants you to play um, it becomes addictive in that sense is that every weapon controls differently every weapon has a specific you know purpose and so when you're working with a team you know you may have your charge blade someone else may have the bow and you're working together and you have these epic colossal like 20 minute fights and yes yeah, man, I lo- and I like that loop pursuit and difficulty. That that's nice, man. I may have to jack that from you. Oh yeah, hey man, go ahead and borrow it. I I couldn't patent it yet. You know, I stole it from somebody else. Keep the cycle going. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I definitely um, you know, if you're looking for a co-op game to play with people, something that you can drop in. And what I mean by drop in is like join other people's games and, and push the story together. Perfect game. Uh, and it's and it's. It's fun, right, to see the tiers of loot evolve. I think there's 12 tiers of loot now. And each weapon type has 12 tiers to it. So, um, and there's status effect and ailments. And just if you are a mid-max build player or like to build things that are broken and you want to feel like a god and feel rewarded after fighting something, this is, it's the game for you. Yeah. You know? Like, what, what is your, what which weapon is your jam right now? What What are you mashing with right now? Oh man, that's a I, I love I love the longsword. I love the the concept. Longsword, you just look like a samurai. You you walk around with this huge sword on your back, very thin blade. Um it's it's dope. There's there's uh it has four counter moves to it. So I just you learn how to master the counter moves when something hits you and you, you just destroy and stuff. Yeah, and when when you say longsword, it's literally longer than the length of the character's body. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. Like you look like the blade is dragging on the ground. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, yeah. what's old dude from Final Fantasy Seven? Um, uh, Sephiroth. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like Sephiroth would have. It's just long and like it's a, it's a weapon that I couldn't get to use. Uh, I didn't really like using, but the people that are able to use it and use it well, it is a very much a skill and an art with that weapon. I, you know, all of them are that way. There are some weapons that I look at in that game, and I'm like, yo, these dudes are destroying these monsters with this thing. I could do that, too. <laughs> nah, dog, I can't I can't, I can't mess with it. I'm like, you know what? Let me go back over here to this longsword and this charge blade. Just can't yeah. do it. And one of the things I think is really fun, and so the levels are, um, in, like, the levels take place in a habitat, and so you have multiple just giant monsters running around the habitat at the same time. And so you mm-hmm. may have this huge iguana-like creature mm-hmm. where it's as tall as your body and is about what I want to say about forty feet long. And huge, it's, yeah. Yeah, and so I want to try to just describe like, or when you're fighting this huge T-Rex-looking creature and. 
I'm just like, when we say monsters, it is literally you are fighting these huge, gigantic beasts. And, yes. Oh, man, and it's an endurance fight, and it's like... Yeah, I... I go ahead. I, I, I would like to say, I think, uh, you know, the most memorable monster for me thus far in the expansion... And, you know, anybody else that hears this and they play the game, they're going to be like, what are you talking about, man? Is the doggone, I think it's called the Tigrix. Like, it's part T-Rex, and it's, like, hunched over on all four like a tiger, but it's super aggressive. Yeah. And it's, it. I, I streamed it. I think it took me three and a half hours with everybody watching for me to kill this thing. Um, wow. Yeah, it it is a beast and it just hones in on you like, hey, man, I'm going to kill you. So, you know, the build is real in this. The counter frame is real. Learn how to use your toolkit. It's 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 crazy out there. Yeah, I, I'm more of a uh, of a bow main myself. I like to sit back. I mean, you know, I'm too pretty. I got to sit in the back. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I understand. Bows do work, too, though. Y'all be out there dancing, man. Yeah. You know, it, dropping them stun frames. Yeah, man. Oh, man. So that's Monster Hunter. That's, um, yeah, take it from the homie Blur. That that game is incredibly fun, and that's the fun in that. Um, one of the games that recently dropped that I've been playing is just this game called John Wick Hex. John Wick Hex. You have a higher purpose, and that purpose requires certain theatrics. I always did enjoy little theater. Yes, that John Wick, the one from the movie series, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> um, like, they dropped the ball on the marketing campaign. I think they should have went with something like hashtag think quick like Wick. Because, um... Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought <laughs> of that nice. myself, right? Yeah, <laughs> hey, go ahead and sell that to him. Yeah. But, um, and so picture this, like, all right, this is what happens, right? You walk into a room, you see three people, two immediate guy, uh, two guys in your immediate vicinity, with their backs to you. The other guy, he's kind of off in the distance behind the counter. So you sneak up behind the first one. You strike the guy to stun him. That stun will buy you enough time to shoot the second guy in the face. The third guy sees this and now he's rapidly approaching, pulling out his weapon. So you decide to take down the second guy, but you body slam him behind the door entrance to buy you a little bit more time. So as the third guy is coming through the entrance, you're able to come um, shoot him in the face. And that's the type of tactical decision making that you're making in the game. It's not wow. a third person shooter or a first person shooter. Um, it's more of a turn based strategy game. So each move is calculated, each step is calculated. So it gives you a meter at the top. So it's showing you how long this move will take. So when you strike the guy to punch him, it'll show you, okay, it's going to take X amount of time. And then in, th in between this time, the enemy is pulling his gun to shoot you. And so you're deciding, um, do I want to strike him or do I want to take him down? Taking him down would take a little bit longer and he'll been in, you know, he didn't been a shot me by then. So you're making this, these strategic decisions and that is where all of the fun is. The developer said they could have went with more of a um, action-based role, but they wanted you to think like John Wick. They didn't want you to just feel like, oh, I didn't just took down 50 moves, but I'm not thinking because that's not how John Wick is. John Wick is very calculating. I like very that. Deliberate. And so it's very tactical. And I understand most people 
people wanted the shooter because it's John Wick. Everyone. It's John Wick, right? <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to shoot somebody in the face and take out an entire group of people as soon as John Wick. But it's a game that tries to be very strategic. It wants to put you into the brain of John Wick and not just in the fist and the gun of John Wick. And so it's very calculating. You're balancing the time, action bars, distance. Um, you got to manage your bullets. Like when you reload, you know how in most games when you reload, they put all of the leftover bullets back in the clip? No, in this, right. if you've got seven bullets left and you try to reload, those seven bullets are gone because, you know, you literally, I like literally that. discarding the clip. And you're also balancing yeah. med packs. And so all of that transfers over from level to level. So any bullets that you um, take with you, they go to the next round. Any med packs. So if you use all your med packs initially, good luck because you got to um, find some more on the level. And so it's a very strategic and calculating game. And I'm having a very good time with it. And that's what I like to say. That's the fun in that. And so now we go to the second round. Round two, fight. Okay. In the second round, um... Me and Blurred, we have um, co-opted a bit on Gears. And so, Gears 5. Gears 5. You didn't report back. Radio died. And these guys pulled me out of a jam. Guess I owe you twice, kids. Gears of War 5 has recently dropped in... It's, it's a very much a modern AAA action game. Agreed, agreed. And so one of the things that has impressed me is the level design in Gears 5. Um, you walk into a level and it seems like it's very um, deliberate in how it's designed. So there's one level, it's ingenious, it's, um, it's cold, it's a uh, fog in the air. And the enemies, and so you're on one side of the level, and there are enemy snipers on the other side of the level. And so what makes it difficult is the fog. And so their their rifles have lasers, and so you're balancing in, popping in and out, trying to see through the fog, and also not get shot. And so uh, it, it's insane fun. It's like wow, this is the type of um, game. I mean, this is the type of level that. Most games wouldn't try something like this. Most games, like, they put you in a room, just immediately kill any enemies in a room. It, they don't have the strategy for it. They just, like, here, have fun, go ham, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, to touch on that level design, I would say for me what's the most appealing about the game, and it's, you know, it might be cheesy, but the game is a gorgeous-looking game. Yeah, I mean... It looks really well to be, you know, a 32 year old man and to play, <laughs> you know, and to play the original Gears and to see what Gears is now. I'm like, man, this this is insane to me. It's always um, impressive. And I love how it's evolved. The previous Gears game were very um, the previous Gears game were very brown and dark. Mm-hmm. I was they, just about to say the tones were very um they weren't emotionally driven to me, right? Like you have these overtones over games and I felt like the previous ones were very uh, gloom and doom, which the game as a whole, the story is a very dark story, but uh, the narrative through color is depicted a different way this time. It's very vibrant. Um, there are scenes with heavy reds. It's just, it's visually, the game is gorgeous to me. Yes. Um, and, and so um, 
in uh, as you said, one of the fun things about the story, and this is something that's always been great about the Gears games, is the uh, it, the games have heart. Um, it, it for a game that where the story isn't really critically acclaimed in that sense, uh, you do right. get quickly attached to some of the characters. I would I would definitely have to agree about that. I think it's. You know, I think it's crazy that my man Marcus is still, you know, floating around this thing. I'm like, Marcus ain't ever going to die. Yeah, you know? Seeing Marcus is like, yo, that's my dude. Do you know what we have been through? Agreed. Yeah. And, and to see, I, I always like the passing of the baton, so to speak. Um, hey, this is father. You know, there's a lot of parallels. Like Marcus's dad didn't want him to join uh the military and he ended up joining the military and now his son went against the grain and did the same thing and you see so many similarities in the character development um you know so to speak in that storytelling narrative but not you know character not personality wise marcus and his son aren't the same it's nice to see how his son is handling things now and moving forward Right, I totally agree. And one of the things that Gears, again, it's a triple-A game. They pour all of the money into it. So you have the visuals. You have the the um, the other part of what makes one of these type of games that goes under the radar is the sound. It sounds tremendous. It's really stand out. The, the headshots feel just like, yeah, they, they go above and beyond and make it feel so. When you snap that guy's neck, when you chainsaw a guy, it, it feels visceral. It feels clunky. And it matches with, the, um, with how the game controls. Because some games is really light. Your character is all floaty. He moves very fast. In gears, they control like tanks, right? They are like tanks, and I, I was, I was telling somebody, said, man, if you, if you're a cover shooter player, and I can't think of a game before first Gears of War that really made being a cover shooter a popular thing. Oh, um, and that's that's the Gears um, claim to fame. It is, it, it is the game that brought back the cover shooter, and. Um, it, the use of cover, the roadie run, um, the innovative guns like the Lancer, chainsawing people. Um, and each weapon has, you know, its own little innovation, its own little quirk. So two, the two shotguns aren't exactly the same. The, nope. um, the active yeah. reload system. It, I don't know why more games haven't stolen that system. It's ingenious. It works. It's 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 a it's a rewarding thing to get the reload down. I'll tell you, there have been many a times when I was playing with Dipped and me and Cat were playing, and we're we're in the we're in the suck, so to speak. (laughs) I'm out there, I'm out there shooting my gun, and I see the reload meter come up in the upper right hand screen, and I don't have the dexterity to land the reload perfectly, so I lose my ammo. I'm out here getting the aid up. You know, they they make reloading in this game just as vital as getting the proper shots off or having you know ammo i i like the extra layer of difficulty in managing it as a resource and i think that's you know what makes the game a little bit more fun right and, and that's one of the things like you know that little skill uh that little skill in the act of reload it, and it seems like whenever i hit the button i'm like oh yeah i need to act reload and i'll look up and it's oh yeah definitely right there and so yep. that's one of the reasons why this game is like so exceptional. And one another thing is like the enemy variety. 
And so uh, most games, they don't want you to get uncomfortable. They want you to come in, hold down the trigger, and basically on and off. You go in, hold the trigger, banish, vanquish all the enemies, and then you walk out the room. But Gears, um, Gears is a little bit different. They type, they throw a little bit. Um, they throw enemies from different directions. They throw the uh, close-range enemies in. They throw the snipers in. They throw enemies that are throwing grenades. They don't want you to just sit in the back and just take pop shots like a pop-up gallery. No, they want you right. to move around. They want you to. Um, they want you to, uh, you know, try to get close. Or one of the things that I've noticed they do in this game, they'll drop like a weapon, right? But right before they were level. <laughs> They'll drop a weapon, yeah, and that's will. kind of the hint. Like, yo, we encourage you to use down. this weapon because this weapon may be beneficial to this map. So, like on that sniper level, I was saying, I was like, no, I think I'll keep my lancer. No, that that, that decision. They said not today. You you need to go back and get that thing we dropped for you. <laughs> so it's like little ingenious things like that. It, it's subtle. It's small. Um, but it's one of the reasons why the game is like, you know, they put all of the money into it. It's one of the reasons why you see the big advertising campaigns. It's one of the reasons why it's so successful. It's because it's the little things, and it's also the big things, and and that's the fun in that. It's a truly incredible game, and I can't recommend it enough. And so, the next game we want to talk about, um, it's a smaller title uh, made by a much smaller Definitely. development team. But it's just as equally as great, in my opinion. Um, it's Remnant from the Ashes. Remnant from the Ashes. Evil consume our world and the countless worlds beyond. Unless you rise to meet it. And so, um, do you want to go ahead and introduce this one or you want me to do it? Oh, uh, I got this. This is this is another one of my favorites. Um, so I, you know, and, and to speak about what he said, man, definitely a small developer. Um, I was gifted this game by my friend Pony Pants. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he's like, hey, man, this game's going to be great. And I, and I didn't see the potential in it. I didn't care enough about it. Um, but the, the game is awesome. Another company that is supporting um, forward growth without you having to pay for additional DLCs. Uh, but anyway, so about the game, right? The game makes me think of Diablo, but with guns. And I and I mean in the sense that each level, there is a story, there is a campaign mode. But each level that you go through in the campaign has random, procedurally generated content. So every time you play that game or re-roll the world, you're playing a new story you're playing you have the same story but you're playing a new level and potentially the boss that you fight or the mini bosses or the dungeons that you find within that level are all different um so cap had an entirely different experience playing this game versus me there were times when we played together and i'm like dang i haven't seen this boss or cap hadn't seen a boss that i have fought so uh the game has a ton of replayability in it i think i think it retailed for what 40 bucks yeah, it, it was on the. They did not charge the triple A sixty dollar price. Right. Right, and I and I think they could have. To be honest, v- playing this game versus some other sixty ti- sixty dollar titles, I feel like I've had more than enough fun to warrant paying sixty bucks for this. Okay. Uh, the the game is still actively being supported, meaning 
the devs are very in touch with the community like hey this is broken there's some balancing that needs to happen with this um this is also a game that thrives in the mid-max the mid-max build kind of thing um but what i particularly enjoy about this game originally when it came out again let's say cat played uh, had his own story campaign and i hopped in and i was playing my own story campaign they were both different and you would have to play through the story campaign the game is designed for you to continue to play it because every time you play through there's new drops that you get there's new items there's new skills that you unlock because there's new bosses that you fight boss has a skill associated with it uh and there's quest generated every time you play this world so when you would play the game you would have to roll your world back and play through the whole game again to get to a particular world to be able to do a quest. But they just did a, a, a update or a add on to the game where there's a new mode called adventure mode, which is entirely different from story mode that allows you to play specific parts of the game without interrupting your campaign. So your character can traverse both modes. And um, I thought that, I thought that was a really powerful feature, right? Because it's, it's really cool because it allows, say, for instance, if uh, during your playthrough, you didn't encounter some of the bosses. It's like, oh, now I can try to go and get that skill or get that tool from that. Yes. Boss now. Yep. And, um, yep. and so I wanted to uh, jump in right there because to talk about my favorite part of the game, the game which makes this like totally sets this apart from some of the other third person shooters is the boss fights. In my Man, they are so good. They, they are, are so, so good. good. Uh, <laughs> they are so good. In in modern shooters, um, many modern shooters don't have boss fights. So you see, um, like your, um, your, you know, the big, the big names, the ones you see every fall, the ones that, um, the ones that are consistently the best sellers. They usually don't have boss fights, and if they do have boss fights, um, they're pretty standard affairs. These boss fights are, um, <clears throat> they are engaging, <laughs> if that's, uh, that's a very good word I will use. Um, they require um, some thought to them. They, you just can't go in blind and expect to win. Um, they require specific tactics. They require you to, hey, um, that one boss fight we did where it's like, two armies going against each other and we are just going oh yeah i remember that yo that was absolutely incredible yeah yeah that's that's i think that's uh, another thing where this game thrives is that you know some the boss fights are very diverse there's depending on how you kill the boss kind of dictates what skills you'll get from the boss and what weapon drops you'll get um, which I thought that, you know, for replayability, you're like, that's crazy. Okay, well, this sucks, man. I have to fight this dragon again. Oh, but I can kill this dragon this way and get a melee weapon instead of a, another gun or a skill. I, I just think it was done really well. And that, you know, that that frame or that part of the game where we came and we're expecting a boss fight. And there's these two different factions fighting and you're you're just trying to figure out what's going on. But <laughs> but again, it's just it's, it's done really well. It is done really well. And also, they were during that boss fight, they were also giving us story elements. And so it was pretty cool. Um, do you have a favorite boss that you remember that you was just like, wow, this is pretty awesome? Um, I, I don't know if it's my favorite because it's the one that gave me the most. But the one that I <laughs> the one that I was the most happy that I beat was uh, the Islaxix twins. And they're those two giant, like, octopus. 
octopus kind of guys that are floating around <laughs> and you're on a bridge and then one of them can do a sound thing that knocks you off and then you got to fight the other one and turn around and shoot the other one it's definitely the most intense boss fight to me hey, um, see i haven't gotten to that one but that fight sounds so fun it's fun it's intense though but it's fun though and i and i think that's where the fun comes from is the intensity of it because you're you know, I finally kill him and then I get on the internet and I find out like, yeah, if you time it right and you kill both of them together, you unlock another secret material that gives you an even cooler Yo. weapon and trait. And I'm like, nah, I can't do that. I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite one, and I laughed the entire boss fight, was the little tumbleweed looking boss. It, I haven't fought that one. And so, unlike most bosses, which are like colossal, like they're huge beings that tower over you, it was this little thing that comes basically to your stomach. It's tiny. It zips around the battlefield. I am crying, laughing the whole time because I'm like, yo, this little little thing is kicking our butts. But it's yeah. so fun to fight. It requires a different type of skill than um, other bosses or the main levels are asking from you. And so it was so exhilarating to fight that boss. And I, like, I just can't like believe how much fun um, I had defeating that boss and also all of the bosses in the game. And I'm, I'm like, as you said, it was one of the games that wasn't on many people's radar. No, but, not at all. But anyone that's played the game is like blown away like wow this game is really good i mean visually it's it's a gorgeous game like there are some times when you're sitting there playing um and you're like oh, okay they could have did better at that I, I feel like the cinematic scenes aren't that great they're not <laughs> bad right but they're not triple a cinematics but the world that you're in and the character um like the armor right and there's character creation in this but it, it just visually looks it looks good it has a um, great art style. An art style can um, elevate a game or like yeah. it can make a game forgettable. Like, um, Oh, definitely agree with that. Definitely. I've recently played The Surge and I absolutely adore the game, but the art style is very meh. This game has... <laughs> is one, it meh? Yeah, it's one of the games where it's like basically... Yeah, I mean, it turns people off because it's like, it, it looks just like every other thing. It's kind of sci-fi. Right. But this game, it's very stylized. You'll go in the like and looks like some sort of alien craft where there are a lot of um, triangles everywhere or you'll go somewhere where it's much more organic and it's more the shapes are elliptical and the way the levels bend and turn and it's it, it, the, visual, the art style and the use of like the different themes of the levels really work and uh, as you said I, uh, I totally agree of how good it looks and the art style really helps elevate this game um tremendously agree I, I definitely agree with that and then you know one final point for myself is have you well let me ask you this cap have you ever played dungeons and dragons i have not oh okay what about defend I, I think we've talked about this before you've played Definity sin correct original sin one and two incredible games incredible games okay so something else that i was overwhelmed with in this game when you think about a stat perspective build is that this game has 1500 trait points that you can put in so even after your character your character doesn't level you know per se by their levels but they gain a level from after you finish this experience bar and you can put that level into a trait and each trait has 20 points 
so there's 20 points per trait and then there's only 1500 traits trait points that you can put in so that's 75 different stats that you could affect in the game and i and i like looking at that i'm like man that is so crazy to me right because you can affect reload speed and uh item consumption there's a stat for how close you are to your friends how much extra damage you deal and all of that so i think that's insane how they subvertly put in that replayability to unlock all of these new traits via how you fight these bosses right. and how you kill them. You know, it just it just adds so much more depth to the game that you don't think is there originally until you play it. Yeah, and it, I totally and it gives your customer and no, not customer, your character customization uh that yes. much that it, that's where the depth and the cust, uh, the character customization comes from is like that truly makes your customer i keep saying customer <laughs> your character yours wow um yeah, so yeah. if you and so and you mix that with how the weapons are so say for instance if you wanted to hit the reload speed on a weapon in which you know you're gonna like um like it takes a minute to reload that weapon you dump it in reload speed to uh get that back and so yes i agree the, the min maxing is pretty incredible on the game agree definitely agree and so now we enter the final round. Final round. And so Fight. with the final round of Blur, is there anything that you wanted to bring up in the final round? This is more of a freestyle round. Anything that you wanted to bring up? Any sort of current trending topics? Um, what? Uh, anything you're looking forward to? You got anything like that? Um, I am. I am looking forward to that Call of Duty that's about to come out. Yeah. Um, I am. I am silly excited about this game. And I don't know if there's a nostalgia factor because of I used to play with my siblings. And that was really the first one that we really played together. Or the story mode was so good in the first one. Um, it's a, it's a first one. Do you mean Call of Duty? Well, I, I mean, the original Modern Warfare, they, before they decided to redo this one. Modern Warfare 2, before they decided to put this one out. Right, right, right. I like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, excuse me. No, um, this is no problem, because I even remember the first Call of Duty. What, what was it called? It was called something else before Call of Duty, right? Wasn't it Call to Honor? No, 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 no. Uh, the first Call of Duty was a response to Medal of Honor. Do you remember Medal of Honor? That's what it was, Medal of Honor. I thought those were the same, like... Well, I think the history is that some developers from Electronic Arts split off to develop... Um, Call of Duty because they wanted to take it in a different direction and so um, um, Medal of Honor was much more of a slower type pace kind of like um, it was mm. slow deliberate you were usually a one man behind the scenes going in taking people out and basically this invisible hand that's doing significant things in the World War II space Call of Duty, the original, totally flipped that scene, and it was it brought the armies in. You were with a whole bunch of guys. It was like it it cranked up the intensity to ten. Um, comparing that to the Medal of Honor, which was much more slow and deliberate, that was um, the Call of Duty's initial claim to fame. And then you jump into Call of Duty Four, and that was when you got into the modern warfare. And is that the one you were talking about? That's the one I'm talking about. Yes, I love that one. Uh, Hardcore Headquarters was my mode. 
Yo. <laughs> I love that game. So, I, you know, when the beta weekends came out for this new one, your boy was super excited, but I didn't. I played for about 40 minutes, and I was like, I don't want to be excited. I don't want to set myself up to be disappointed. So I had to back off. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm I'm um, interested in two games that are coming out. Okay. Um, I, I definitely plan on talking about um, these two coming up. The first one, I'm just going to give you the previous title. It's undergone like a title change, but the first title it was going by, it was called No Truce with the Furries. No Truce with the Furries. I think I heard yeah, that. Yeah, I, like I, I previously mentioned it to you, but it was previously known as No Truce with the Furries. They didn't think that was catchy enough, so they changed the title. So, <laughs> what did they change? What did they change it to after that? It's called now. It's called Disco Elysium. And so, uh, oh, we were talking about this the other yeah, day. Okay. And so I can't wait to play it. It comes out tomorrow. Definitely gonna do a deep dive. This is something from every account I read. It's something that's incredibly innovative and something completely different than what most games are out. And then the next game is I'm looking forward to. It's called The Outer Worlds. Not to be oh, confused yeah. with the outer, the other, the Outer Wilds, which is another game that's I make it into a different time, which was incredibly innovative. That game, The Outer Wilds, is definitely gonna get some Game of the Year nods. It's very different. It's very fun. Uh, well, yes, fun. And so, but those are um, those two games. No truce with the furries and the outer worlds by Obsidian are definitely two games that I am very much looking forward to. But uh, Blur, man, this has been a fun and an engaging conversation. I really enjoyed it, and I appreciate you so much for coming on. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me, man. Uh, you know, my first time doing something like this, so it's, it's very enjoyable. Definitely, definitely appreciate it. And with that, we level up. This has been Kevin Vice with What's the Fun? From the ghastly this episode eerie, is I the can see to the ends of the world. And from this vantage point, I declare with utter certainty that this one is in the bag. Want to support the show? Want a specific topic, comic, show, or movie discussed? Supporting the South Congress podcast on Patreon allows you to dictate the conversation. Visit patreon.com slash Seahawk for details on how you can support and guide the show.